YouTube comments. Got to dive into them YouTube streets and got a guest on. Big Sarge Brian Bearfield of the Texan Wire joins the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the weekend episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, even on the weekends. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prospect.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman. That's Cody Davis on this Saturday show for the Locked On Texan podcast. We're going to timestamp it as we like to do during the offseason because for the Houston Texans, <laughs> there is no such thing as a normal offseason. There's always something going on the past <laughs> couple of seasons. We don't know what's going to break out and happen. Mm. So today is Thursday evening. We are recording this on Thursday. We'll be joined by Big Sarge to talk all things Texans offseason up until this point. Before we do that, Cody, where we going? YouTube comments. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Roy Payne on the What's Next? What should the Houston Texans do with Brandon Cooks and Davis Mills podcast? Oh, Lord. Roy Payne said, John, I like what you said. I have been saying that all along. Someone is going to have to show the new quarterback what to do. We trade Mills. It's going to hurt us. <clears throat> Mills is a good quarterback. Maybe not the starter, but let's see what happens. Go Texans. Any response to that, Cody, in terms of moving on from Davis Mills? Um, I like that because I think a lot of times when you hear a veteran player, I think you could consider Davidson was a veteran now. It's been going on three years. But anytime you have an experience or a veteran player, um, there's always that notion that it should be like an old head or whatever the case might be. But to think about what you said on, I believe that was the Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, um, I, I will agree to a certain extent because, as both of you guys mentioned, someone is going to have to show whether it's CJ, whether it's Bryce, um, the ins and out on what not to do, especially what not to do. I would just like to see the Houston Texans move on from Davis Mills because, as I mentioned on that show, I still see talent and potential in Davis Mills, and I would hate for him to, one, still be with an organization and a franchise who doesn't believe in him, and two, and most importantly, I still believe that he is too young to all of a sudden take that backseat role behind a rookie and be so be more so of a mentor and teacher to as to because when you go back to this past season there is still a lot that davis mills still have to learn himself especially the mental aspect of the game because remember he didn't say the game started slowing down until he watched from the sideline after lovey smith benched him for those two games for kyle allen All right, let's move on to the next comment. Michael Moore, our I want our defense to be great, our offense, excuse me, to be great for once. It's never been good since day one or defense 
will be good regardless. But I want an offense that people talk about when Sean paid. I do want to disagree with that, Michael Moore. The Houston Texans has had some seasons where their offense has been top five in the league. The last Deshaun Watson year, uh, where a lot of those wins and points didn't matter, they were one of the version of Deshaun. They were one of the one of the better passing league passing offenses in the league, but we're we're gonna see Sean Payton a lot until he decides to sign with Denver or mm-hmm. who else is out on the table for the, for Sean Payton services. But Michael Moore, my question to you is: Is Sean Payton worth twenty million dollars per year in your in your humble opinion, Michael Moore? That's that's my question here, and and I would to respectfully say no uh my, my boy everett hatch everett texas hatch he said go get brock purdy he's balling i believe he can go for the number 12 pick in the, in, of the draft and we can draft jalen carter uh <laughs> yeah uh i'm not I, I like brock purdy for what he's doing with kyle shanahan and that system but cody I've been on record by saying and singing praise, like melodies from heaven type of praises for Kyle Shanahan, how great of an offensive play caller he is. But Brock Purdy in the Houston Texans would be a disaster. Brock Purdy in the Houston Texans, you know what that would be? Brock Osweiler (laughs) 2.0. So that's a no to that. I like that comment because the San Francisco 49ers, especially – and I hope they do, especially if they end up beating the Dallas Cowboys and get to the NFC Championship game. They're going to be in a very interesting position because they're going to be in a standpoint of who's going to be the starting quarterback moving forward. Um, Jimmy G, he's still he's coming off a foot injury. Same thing as um, Trey Lance, and you traded what was it two, three first round picks to 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 get to the number three pick to 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 draft him, and then the guy that has you on a six game, hopefully seven game win streak, um, was Mister Irrelevant of the draft. This offseason, I think the 49ers might be in a position where they can rob an organization for some capital, some some young talent. I just hope that that organization isn't the Houston Texans, especially when you consider the past, I'm going to use this term, lust, that they once had for Jimmy G. Mm. It was nasty, too. Mm -hmm. It was nasty. Uh, So one thing that I've been noticing in the YouTube comments before we move on is there's been a lot of great back and forth in between listeners and viewers, really viewers on YouTube, man. Guys have been stating their opinion, and there's been some fun follow-ups by other people that are catching the YouTube comments. And what I want to shout out to you, shout out to you guys because not only are you guys out there having fun, uh, back and forth conversation, but y'all are keeping it respectful. And in the world of sports, we don't necessarily get that too much. Hmm. So shout out to you guys, and I want to end off with my man X Davis, man. Hmm. Shout out to X, man. Uh <clears throat> This was on the future Texans, Houston Texans in a win-win NFL draft situation uh, on that podcast a couple of days ago. This was the Tuesday podcast. Uh, X said that the Houston Texans are still settling for mediocrity. Sean Payton is the best coaching candidate 
can get this franchise turned around, but we will settle for a potential one and done rookie head coach shaking my hairs. X, you know, I love typically love everything that you say, tweet, uh, or post, but I don't think that's the case for Houston. They cannot afford another one and done rookie coach, uh, one and done coach. So it may be a rookie head coach, it may be a coach as his first time being a head coach is with the Houston Texans, but it will not be one and done. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made super easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. You can bet the over-under on receptions. You can bet the over-under on rushing yards. You can bet the over-under over under on who's going to have touchdown here or there. Super simple, super easy, even field goal and punts on Prospect app. And our first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. Make sure you visit Prospects.com and use promo code Locked On as sign up. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. And as promised, we have our brother, Mr. Brian Bearfield. You guys know him as Big Sarge back on the podcast. Sarge, what's going on? Welcome back, my brother. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, Cody M. Davis. Thank you for having me. <laughs> cousin back onto the podcast. Hey! <laughs> I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Um, yeah, Sarge, y'all for a reason. I don't know why. You know, what I'm <laughs> I don't know why y'all don't be letting me come on. I, you only bring me on when the other, 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 other person can't show up. No, that's not what happened. But Sarge, let's jump right into it. As you know, um, this past week was a big week for the Houston Texans. Um, they had several head coaching interviews, and on yesterday, they had an opportunity to interview um, San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, former Houston Texans Pro Bowl, all-pro linebacker, D'Amico Ryan. So, Sarge, I want to jump in first, starting off, talking about D'Amico Ryan. Do you think that is a good candidate, and if so, why? I think that D'Amico Ryan should have been the only candidate. Now, I understand the Rooney rule where you have to bring in, you know, you have to interview at least two minority candidates. So, you know, having the other two guys come in, you know, thank you for your your time. Thank you for coming in. The check's in the mail. And, um, you know, also uh, interview Sean Payton so it could give the coaching search some credibility. You know, hey, we'll bring in a name, a big name that everybody knows, everybody wants. But, no, there's no possible way that the Houston Texans should allow D'Amico Ryans to say no. And I don't care if that means that you have to change 610 to D'Amico Ryan freeway, (laughs) Kirby to D'Amico Ryan's way. Like, you don't do it. And the reason why I say that you don't do it is because not only does D'Amico know how to play the game, not only does D'Amico know how to play on the defensive side of the ball, the the tutelage and the knowledge that he received from Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, is something that a lot of people, I think, are taking for granted. And that knowledge and what he has done, what D'Amico Ryan D'Amico Ryan's has done since Robert Sala has left is all he did was kept it going. Now, the reason why I feel that the Houston Texans should, should hire D'Amico Ryan's is because you look at what Robert Sala did for his rookie 
Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. Made him an all-pro within one year. Put him in the right scheme and made him an all-pro. I think that D'Amico Ryans can do that exact same thing for Derek Stingley Jr. Mm. And if you have have that, if you have a, a mindset to say that I'm going to make you one of the best cornerbacks in the game, along with one of the you know one of the most dangerous up and coming free safeties in Jalen Petrie, with a middle linebacker like Christian Harris, like now you with a linebacker like Christian Harris, excuse me, now you have that makings of taking it to the next level. So if you go out and you say you draft a quarterback. You know, you draft some other offensive pieces. You bring somebody along who you trust that you know that can run the offense. But the one thing that makes the San Francisco 49ers so dangerous is that, yes, Shanahan is a brilliant mind. His, his, like he has one of the best offensive minds in the game right now. You can tell that with the way that he schemes with a third string quarterback in Brock Purdy. Hmm. The, the what people fail to realize is this is that the reason why you can do that is because if Brock Purdy goes out there and make a mistake, it doesn't matter because the defense is going to go get us the ball back. And if the defense can get us the ball back, then we know what we messed up. We got another chance. And if he messes that up, don't worry about it. The defense can go out there and get you the ball again. So if you bring in Demico Ryan's and you revamp that defense, you put that defense in a whole different type of scheme, then wherever your deficiencies is on the offensive side of the ball, it does not matter because the defense is going to go and get it back for you so you can do it over again. Robert Sala had two all pros this year in, in New York. Defense, I mean, uh, yeah, two two defensive all pros this year in New York. You know what D'Amico Ryans had in San Francisco on the defensive side of the ball? Two all pros. So now if you bring all of that knowledge and bring everything that entails what he wants to do on the defensive side of the ball, because we know that it'll be an upgrade from what Lovey Smith was in that antiquated Tampa 2 defense. So Mm -hmm. now we get a chance to see exactly what these young defenders can do. Also, Sean Payton, yes, that's cool. He has a name. (laughs) And, 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 Cody, I'm not saying this because I know how, you know, I know that you are uh, you know, I know who you're a fan of. I'm not going to say that. Nola, baby. <laughs> I know that you're a fan. So I get, I get it, right? I get that the name Sean Payton, you know, you know, rings loud. But what you're also trying to do is you're also trying to resonate with what these young guys and what these guys that are going to be free agents, a little bit of the older guys, you're trying to resonate with them that, wow, I know what D'Amico Ryan's going to do. They're going to all be watching the 49ers. There are going to be a lot of free agents watching the 49ers this weekend. There's been a lot of free agents that have been watching the 49ers the last two years. They mm-hmm. know what that defensive side of the ball is. They know that. what the offensive side of the ball could potentially be if he brings in the right person. So now what do you do? Now that you have D'Amico Ryan, you have a person that a lot of the players can relate to, and he's a former player. So he has all the intangibles and he has the intangibles and the resume to be the next head coach for the Houston Texans. I think now we're at a point where he has to decide whether he wants to be or not. And I'm glad that you pointed all those factors out because it's kind of similar to what I said on yesterday's show to where I broke down four factors as to why D'Amico Ryan should be the Houston Texans best candidate. Because, you know, first and foremost, you know, the type of broken relationship that this organization has with their fan base, you bring in D'Amico Ryan, you're going to have people that, you know, 
gave up on the Texans about two, three years ago, but because you brought in a beloved, a former beloved player who is still top five, top 10 in this franchise history, people are going to jump back on board. You just finished talking about what he could do for these young guys. And I definitely believe that he can tremendously help Christian Harris, who I do believe it has the qualities and the potential to be at least a Pro Bowl linebacker by the time he reached the peak of his career. You know what he could do on the defensive side of the ball. And of course, you know, when I take a look at San Francisco, and I don't think this get brought up a lot in terms of when defensive coordinators um, go after head coaching jobs, like you know, on the offensive side of the ball, if it's a if it's an offensive coordinator, i.e. Airbnb enemy, the first thing people ask, did he call the plays? What did he orchestrate? You don't have to worry about that when you look at the San Francisco 49ers. You know Kyle Shanahan has the offense, and whoever his defensive coordinator is, and as of right now is D'Amico Ryans, you know he is orchestrating, and everything that you see from that defense is all D'Amico. I'm glad that you pointed all of that out because that is part of the reason why he has become my top candidate. However, you touched on it a little bit, looking at Sean Payton. Sean Payton had his interview with the Houston Texans Early on in the week, Sarge, I'm not sure if you if you if you if you saw the last couple of episodes, but even though he is one of us, not my favorite NFL coach, I kind of feel like I, I, I compare Sean Payton a little bit to Doc Rivers, somebody who is well respected, somebody who is, um, you know, he knows the game. But at the same time, his track record is dependent on one championship and. In Doc Rivers' case, you know, he is linked to Ray Allen and, and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett more than anything. And then Sean Payton, he only linked to Bru Drew Brees. So, Cody, I don't know. Have you ever seen the uh, – have you, have you ever seen on the street corners uh, – because you, you you grew up in Louisiana. You grew up in New Orleans. You, you've seen – you've been on, on like, Canal Street. Mm -hmm. Where they do the the shell game, where they say find the ball, they have the three shells, and they keep moving the ball right, and then they say okay, find the ball. Mm -hmm. So you know that that that's a game, and the majority of the time they have a magnet in their hand. You know, there's a magnet that moves the ball, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if I was supposed to tell their secret. <laughs> the shell game with anyone, but you know what else they do? They have people in the crowd that they have that's working in cahoots with them. Mm -hmm. so, They'll have people winning, 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 winning that they're working with. And then, you know, when you step up, now it's time to, for you to play the game. Then you lose. You'd be mm -hmm. like, well, they just won all the money. I, I, I preface my statement by saying this. First thing, Sean Payton and Colin Cowherd are playing the shell game with the rest of the, with, with, with the, rest of the NFL yeah. and with the rest of the media. I mean, I know you've seen Colin Cowherd's you know, Colin Cowherd's commentary about Sean Payton. And it seems that it seems like he's the only one that knows exactly what Sean Payton is doing. Exactly. They're playing the shell game. So I, I hope people realize that that's what's happening. I hope that the Houston Texans are realizing that, that, are ha that that's happening and they can move along. Also, what Sean Payton is doing, uh, I feel like Sean Payton's a con man. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it because you know how oh. I feel. You know, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I appreciate what he did for the game when he was coaching in New Orleans. But one, he quit. Like he was under contract and he quit. He quit. I mean, he did. He was still under contract and he walked away and he quit. So what is he doing now? He wants to be able to get paid because we've seen if the numbers are true, allegedly he wants what? Uh, like 20 million a year or someone along those lines. Right. 
He wants to get paid. And in the midst of getting paid, what is he else is he doing? I want to make sure that the New Orleans Saints are taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, let's, let's, I'm I'm fine with that, by the way. You are because you're <laughs> I say I say I say, you know, because I cover the Texans and I understand, you know, they can't afford to give up what the what the Saints want. You know, I hope the, I hope you don't rob the Texans, but you know, like Broncos and um, you know, all those other like you know what, go well, ahead and rob them if you want. <laughs> well, maybe Carolina because they they finna not have any draft picks. But Cody, like it's just a like it's just a whole con game. It's it's just a con game. And how long is he gonna do it, Cody? Where is he gonna go? Mm-hmm. I, I asked this question on social media. Is he is is he coming back for his legacy? Or is he coming back for the passion? Because I tend to lean towards more of his legacy. So meaning that he'll pick a team that's ready-made to go to, to make a playoff run. A team that, like the Broncos. Like with the right head coach and the right offensive system, I feel like the Broncos have the pieces and the tools to, to make it to the playoffs and make they, they could do some damage in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get – you bring a, a person in like Sean Payton and retool Russell Wilson's mind with the receivers that he has over there with, with, with the, with the offensive line, it's not a bad offensive line, not a great offensive line, but it's not a bad offensive line either. So they have way more than what the Houston Texans have. I feel like two years into this thing, are we going to, is Sean Payton going to all of a sudden not want to coach again? Is it going to be an urban Meyer situation? Does your heart hurt? Like what is going on, Sean Payton? I mean, and he's not getting any younger Cody. So how much longer does he have to add to his legacy? Because the things that you mentioned earlier and the things that you've mentioned throughout your podcast on Locked On Texans, um, the things that you've mentioned throughout Locked On Texans, you got to say to yourself, you only have one Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. One. One. And when we start talking about other coaches, when we all start talking about your legacy, yes, they're going to attach you to Drew Brees and they're going to say, but you only won one Super Bowl. Like right now, I don't feel like Sean Payton's a Hall of Fame coach, but because he is Sean Payton, he could probably get pushed through in name alone. Side note, Cody, the reason why I brought that up was, side note, I was watching an uh, interview with, you remember Andre Risen? I think He's so, yeah. I received for the Atlanta Falcons, left eyes ex-boyfriend. Mm, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about now. He made a good point on, on an interview. He said, we, we always say that Jerry Rice is the best wide receiver. How come nobody ever mentions Andre Reed though? And if you go back and you look at Andre Reed and look at his numbers, you'd be like, wow. You look at his numbers, you look at what he has, you'd be like, wow. So I say that to say that we're going to look at some of these other coaches that's going to come along later on. Like people won't put Mike McCarthy into the Hall of Fame because he's Mike McCarthy. And of course, the the stigma behind Mike McCarthy. But you're going to put Sean Payton in there and they're the same person. I personally do do not want to see Sean Payton coaching the Houston Texans. I want to see a younger coach that will come in here and doesn't have an ulterior motive, a coach that's going to come in here and be hungry and want to be the coach, wants, wants to be the coach of the Houston Texans, wants to lead the Houston Texans into the next phase of whatever they're going to do, not a coach that's going to come here and want to get paid and just try to build on his legacy, which he's not going to do. I just – I honestly and truly don't believe that Sean Payton is is ready for a rebuild. And you and I have had this conversation about another sport in a rebuild. This show is also sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Listen, unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. 
So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck, right? And there are therapists with BetterHelp that are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, it's secure, it's accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, excuse me, as the world's largest therapy service, they've matched over millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of an in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, again, more accessible, but overall, it's more affordable. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this weekend Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. Big Sarge is over there on the opposite side of my computer screen. Um, Sarge, the second segment, we touched on why D'Amico Ryans is going to be a great coach. And I think, well, a good coach for the Houston Texans. And I think the one thing that we all agree on, whether you're a reporter like us, fans, that we want to see whatever head coach that the Houston Texans hire um, have a long tenure alongside their next franchise quarterback. And as of right now, unless, look, I understand there's two quarterbacks that the Houston Texans should take. But the, 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 this this is the Houston Texans we're talking about. And about, what, about 15 years ago, they was in the same situation, and they took another guy over Vince Young. And I guess I'm still upset about that, as you guys know, especially you guys who've been rocking with this podcast for an extremely long time. But for the sake of this argument, we are expecting the Houston Texans to draft either um, Bryce Young or CJ Sarge, when you take a look at both of these quarterback pros- prospects, who do you feel is going to be the best prospect for the Texans if they have an opportunity to draft them? Well, I wrote an article, um, I want to say maybe two weeks ago, on uh, Texans Wire USA Today about the Houston Texans should follow in the same path in which the Cincinnati Bengals did. I wrote about the familiarity. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why I said that was because <clears throat> the Cincinnati Bengals drafted Joe Burrow first and then brought Jamar Chase. Both of them played at LSU. Both of them won a national championship at LSU. Um, that year that Joe Burrow went crazy. In 19, Stingley on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, when he, when he went crazy, you know, who was his wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. So it was Jamar Chase. They bring him in the next year, the, their first year, Jamar Chase's first year, they go to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying that if the Houston Texans draft Bryce Young, that they're going to go to the Super Bowl because there was also other pieces in place for the Cincinnati Bengals. It was almost like a plug, plug and play with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I feel that the Houston Texans have the first piece in John Mechie, wide receiver John Mechie, and I know that's going to take – um, you know, some time for him to get his body back together coming off of, you know, the cancer and going through the radiation and the chemotherapy. I know it's going to take him a little time to get his body back in playing shape, but I feel that once he gets his body back in 
in playing shape that if he is playing with Bryce Young, you remember the year that Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy, John Mechie was his wide receiver. Mm-hmm. The year before that, when they, they caught for over a thousand yards to that year. Yeah. And it was after, so the first, I think it was the first six games, the first six games, they didn't really, first five or six games, they didn't really do too much together. Then they mm-hmm. lost to AM. And then after they lost to AM, his numbers increased. And him and Bryce Young found that connection. And um, if it wasn't for him getting hurt in the uh, college football playoff, no, the SEC championship mm-hmm. against the Georgia Bulldogs, if it wasn't for him getting hurt, you know, that kind of derailed the national championship um, hopes and aspirations for the, uh, out, for the University of Alabama. So, yeah, think about it like this. John Mechie played with um, Mac Jones the year that they won the national championship. The quarterback that now plays for the New England Patriots, he was an intricate part of them being of them winning that national championship. The next year he comes along, and he was an intricate part of uh, what Bryce Young was able to do. And so I feel that Bryce Young is, you know, by far who – the Houston Texans need to draft because it not only would it will, will it uh, put them back together with familiarity, but you know when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, when when Joe Burrow gets in trouble, he already knows that exactly what Jamar Chase is doing or what he's going to do mm-hmm. to get out of trouble. You got a rookie quarterback who, if you if you if the Texans draft Bryce Young, you're going to have a rookie quarterback who's going to have to have some type of safety net, right? And what mm-hmm. better safety net to have than somebody that you're already familiar with, some somebody you know where their catch radius is. You know mm-hmm. the way they run the routes. You know exactly what they're going to do. Also, it's going to be like it, – not like it's going to be, but it's going to be John Menchie's rookie year too, mm-hmm. right? It's his second year, but it's going to be his first year actually playing. And so what better way than to get him back acclimated or get him acclimated, excuse me, into the NFL than to have somebody – that he's familiar with. Now, that's no knock on C.J. Stroud. I like C.J. Stroud. I like what he did in the last game that he played in. Like, he looked very, very good. I I, I won't take that away. And he has looked good throughout the season. I just feel like that Bryce Young is more NFL-ready, if I could say that. Mm-hmm. His I don't not, not from his body type, but not from his stature, but from his mind. And for a guy his size – he knows how to avoid taking big hits. And if you can do that, then you can play this game for a very long time. Mm. And, and Sarge, I'm glad that you pointed that connection out, you know, having Bryce come here to Houston. He already has that familiarity with somebody like John Mechie because me and John talked about this a couple of days ago, how I, I'm expecting that to be the new trend of the NFL for rebuilding teams. And you know, like every sport, regardless of what it is, whichever team either win a championship or come out of nowhere, like the Cincinnati Bengals, and get to a championship game and all of a sudden explode, it seems like all the other teams try to follow that model. And you, when you take a look at the Houston Texans, not only do they have John Mechie on the defensive side of the ball, you got Christian Harris. Both you and I had an opportunity to kind of joke to Christian and be like, look, they might be getting your former quarterback. How you might like that. And of course, he just give up that give us that smile. But I would love to see the Houston Texans be more so 
of a trendsetter other than like they was the previous 10 years as trying to follow the exact same model and replica of the New England Patriots. Well, Christian Harris also told me when I asked him about, about Bryce Young, he said, you know, Bryce Young, he said, you know, they all have that. They all, they all fall uh, in that same line and they always use that same line that offensive lineman Larry Tulsa used. He a dog, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he said that, when Bryce Young was on the scout team, he said he used to give us the business. He said that mm-hmm. when when we would go up against Bryce Young, uh, he was a quarterback of, on the scout team. He said we really had to make sure that we were paying attention, not only to the plays that was going to be ran against us, but also make sure that we contained Bryce. Because even though he was running scout team offense, he was out there like as if he was starting for like he was starting for us. He said, so I knew, he said, I'm not surprised. He said, I'm not surprised one bit by what, what Bryce is doing. He, he, he's always shown that he said, and he's a great leader too. Hmm. Um, so as, as you know, it's a big week weekend in the NFL divisional round. Um, I'm not about to go game by game because I already know one game you rooting for your Dallas Cowboys. What time your team play though? Uh, my, my team is, was waiting we we getting the sofa ready, you know. You know, down here in the south, you know how it always start. You know, Texans sit first, then it's the Saints, and then you know we gotta keep it. No, no, no. First it's the Texans, then it's Atlanta, and then it's the Saints, and then we always got that. We 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 always got that last spot ready. We we thought for sure the one time, well, the second time actually that we all rooted for Tom Brady. He started showing his age, so it was like, all right, but Brock. We really believe Brock might get y'all. So, you know, that last spot on the on the couch, we, we keeping it clean and ready just for them boys to come join us down here in the South. Wait, wait, wait. Side note. I know, I know that this is the Locked on Texas podcast. I know this is the football podcast. But I got to say this. Hey, did you see how I set you up against KJ Martin the other night in the world? For those of you guys who don't know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I forgot what week it was. The Cowboys lost the game, started talking noise and SARS. KJ Martin, who of course you guys know the four of the Houston Rockets, he joins in. And me and KJ had a back and forth about you know, which team was like more trash? Was it the Saints? Was it the Texans? And I, I mean, the Cowboys. And I gave him that same exact analogy because he was like, is your team going to the playoffs? And I was like, no, but we we getting the sofa ready, the couch ready. You know, you said you guys. Yeah, yeah. I said after the first playoff game. So, of course, we see him Wednesday. And, of course, he sets me up with KJ. KJ start laughing and making fun. KJ's a Cowboys fans, unfortunately, it was two against one. I took that loss, but I'm ready to talk some noise next week. And by the way, I definitely hope the Cowboys lose on Saturday because this upcoming week, the, the Rockets have they like play three. On Sunday, so they three. can't lose on Saturday. Well, yeah, so they, they play on Sunday. I got to see KJ Monday, Wednesday, and Friday next week. <laughs> oh, wait till I tell Jabari that, you know, Jabari Smith uh, Jr. is a Falcons fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, you know, I, I don't want to say much to him because, you know, it's always that robbery. And, you know, look, I got to make sure, you know, he could continue giving me good stuff, you know. If he finds that out, then, you know, he going to treat me like other media members he don't like. Right. But we're getting away from the topic here. I didn't want to do that, but I had to make sure that I, you know, brought it up. But, but um, Sarge, you know, as you know, it's a big week. Like I mentioned, I'm not going to go game by game and get your picks. But if there is one big upset that you – can see on the board what game would that be and why? 
I'm glad you asked that, Cody M. Davis from Locked On Texans Sports Integrated. Mm-hmm. So, let me adjust my hat when I say this. He about to say something crazy, y'all. I already know it's coming. I am taking the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Kansas City Chiefs at home in Kansas City. Oh, my Lord. I don't think it's going to be I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout like everybody thinks it's going to be. And I do think that if it comes down to it, that Jacksonville can do it. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, we know that making making uh, predictions on games is like trying to predict the weather. You know what I'm saying? It's 50 percent down here in Houston. Right. 50 percent right. 50 percent wrong. But one of the one of the reasons why I say that is because the years that. The years that the New York Giants won the Super Bowl, what were they? They were the wild card, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really expected them to win. The year that the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the New England Patriots, nobody expected them to win, right? Mm-hmm. They had somewhat. Oh, yeah, you're right, because Carson Wentz did get hurt, and it was already like you know top of the league at that moment. And they had Nick Foles come in, and nobody think thought that they would beat the New England Patriots. Well, if I if I got faith in anybody, if there's any one coach that I have faith in throughout mm. these playoffs right now, it's going to be Doug Peterson because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. Now, last weekend, I, I felt like, like Jacksonville had a terrible first half. Everybody's seen that. They got that out their system. They got themselves together. Then they put it together, and then what did they do? Also, yes, Kansas City Chiefs' offense is amazing. Their defense is horrible. Mm-hmm. Their defense is horrible. So if you get Christian Kirk and Zay Jones to get into some space, they can do what they need to do. You get Travis Etienne into some space, they can do what they need to do. And the Jacksonville Jaguars do not have a bad defense. So before they played the Chiefs, they lost to the Chiefs earlier this year. Before they played the Chiefs, they were on a five-game losing streak, right? They had one and six, one and six in their one, excuse me, one and five in their last six games. Since then, Cody, they're six and one. They've won six games in a row. They look, they're a, they are a totally different team than what the Kansas City Chiefs played early on in the season. Because the, the team that they played then is not the team that they're gonna play now, like I said. For as much as people, you know, love the Kansas City offense, their defense is not good, but nobody is really giving that Jacksonville Jaguars defense a lot of credit. Now, I will say this, though. If uh, – what's the number one pick? Is it Trayvon Walker? Mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker. If somebody has to pull Trayvon Walker to the side and say, hey, you're going up against the uh, NFL's darling." In the the NFL loves Patrick Mahomes. Don't hmm. breathe him because you know he has <laughs> to do some boneheaded things at times, like he know? did against the Texans, and that was against Davis Mills. Right, he did something crazy last week. I'm like, you can't even get close to Patrick Mahomes enough. If he throws the ball, just take off running the other way. And once he cocks <laughs> his arm back, jump high. Like stand next to the referee and jump high, so he can. No, don't see. jump high because you know sometimes when you jump, you lose your balance and you fall forward. <laughs> that true too. So if he doesn't make any bonehead plays and they play a good game, I just feel like I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars can pull it off. It's not going to be a blowout, but I definitely don't see Patrick Mahomes losing that game. You know how insufferable I'm going to be if the Jaguars beat the Chiefs. Like, I don't even think, like if I was you, I probably wouldn't even answer the phone for. Like, I mean, well, I mean, I I would be I would be fine. I would oh, be I'm fine. 
because oh, you know you know how I like to be when I'm right. No, you, you can be right. Well, I, I know one thing. If the Cowboys win Sunday, I might go on a hiatus because at that point I'm starting to get nervous. Cody, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, want, I want all the fans of Locked On Texas to hear this, okay? Because I will, I'm mad. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm looking at what's left, and I'm like, man, I don't think my stomach is no, please no. Cody, if the Cowboys win, I am going to hack every show <laughs> you and John have for at least a week uh, leading up to the championship game. <laughs> Cody, I'm going to, y'all going to be talking about how, you know, y'all going to be breaking down whoever the next head coach is or whoever the offensive coordinator, I mean, the defense, oh, I said office coordinator. My bad. <laughs> defensive coordinator. Did I really, did I say offensive coordinator out loud? Mm-hmm. Lord, did I let the cat out the bag? Hey, so anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to make sure that I break into you all's whatever y'all have going on talking about the Texas, and I'm going to jump in, and all I'm just going to keep saying is, how about them Cowboys? Mm. And, if you, and, if, and if I can't get on, I'm going to report every one of y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. With that being said, that concludes this weekend installment of Locked On Texans. Sarge, really quick before I let you go, let everybody know where they can follow you on all your social media platforms and where they can find your work as well. You can find my work at uh, Texas Wire USA Today under Brian Bearfield. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. Oh, and TikTok. Uh, yeah, I'm on TikTok too, man. I love TikTok, but you can find me on there, Big Sarge Sports. With the Z at the end. Before we go, Cody, because I know that this is an audio and a visual platform, so I want to make sure that I go like this, because there's a you know, make sure that young man can screenshot it the right way. Oh my God! Well, this is Texans, and they got to deal with the other team that we cover, so I highly doubt that he would get that. You know, now I see why y'all don't have me on the line. <laughs> But as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services and on YouTube. Be sure to follow my co-host John Hickman at John underscore Hickman 12. And be sure to follow me, Cody M. Davis, on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.